no escaping this. Welcome to the Magnificent Vibes Podcast, aka MVP, where we talk about sports, music, media, and stuff that you might or might not care about. In today's episode, we do a collab episode with the Stay Out Podcast. Yes, the Pie Father is in the building. I'm going to be talking about NBA topics, some overreactions, some underreactions to the start of the NBA season. We're also going to talk about whether or not the, will the Bears make the playoffs. Also, me and Ian will be revealing our top 10 instrumental albums of the year. And we also have some interesting stories for you in MVP story segment. Yes, Ian and Chris will be sharing some pretty interesting stories in regards to the throwback jersey era. We also have some awards to give out. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And I'm out. All right, all right, we back, we back for another go-round. Let's get it in. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Back with another episode, MVP Full Effect. We got 90 stories prepared for you. We got instrumentals prepared for you. Of course, we got yes. some NBA, you know. Yes, NBA is back. We got some official games we can comment on. This is the final show of the year, even though, you know, it might be January by the time the listeners hear this, but it's all good. They, they know what it is. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, that's uh, another uh, excuse we, to keep them in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> you gonna pull them back in? You gonna pull them back in? I thought 2020 was gone. We got, we got we're brother Sanders this. coming up with another beat tape. Hey, man. hey, brother Sanders getting a lot of love, man. He out there promoting. He out there promoting. <laughs> he popped the trunk. He got the CDs in the in the trunk. <laughs> he got the stepper step CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Let's, let's, let's get it in. Oh, real quick, real quick. First of all, want to send a shout out to all those elders out there, all those brothers who who act like Pharisees when it comes to making Zoom meeting rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! Y'all still making Zoom meeting rules, man? I mean, no, nobody, nobody's writing them down. But you, you know how it goes. Like, unfortunately, sometimes. You know, brothers who have a lot of, who wield a lot of influence, you know, because they're charismatic or, you know, they, they got a lot of respect accrued over the years. They feel a certain way about something and it, it might be something no one has given any thoughts to until they speak on it. And then it just becomes, you know, it becomes law almost. But, uh, you know, just a reminder, man, don't go beyond the things written. You know, you'd you be surprised. You talk to people at other congregations or how they Zoom meetings go, and, and it's no car, no two congregations are really the same. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, some That's congregations different. Exactly. Some congregations, they they nobody has their camera on except okay. for the speaker. Exactly. And if if you comment, of course, your camera you know gets cut on or whatever. And you got other congregations where they're like, well, well. We're gonna make everybody turn the camera on, and we're not even gonna let them in. And then you got congregations where it's like, well, we'll, we'll let them in, but we're gonna we're gonna strongly question them as to why they don't have their camera on. And it's like, let let folks let folks treat people like adults. Let folks do what they're gonna do. You know, a lot of people have been more regular on the Zoom meetings than they were when we were meeting at the hall. 
So, you know, they start getting hassled about having a camera on. They, they might be inclined to just stop showing up. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, this ain't good enough for y'all. Like, right. you know, every, I, I've always, me personally, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of not having the camera on. But at the same time, you can't just make up a rule and say, oh, you know, friends, you should have your cameras on. You should have your cameras on. You stand up. What up, Chris? Stayos is in the building. Sorry to drop the government name, but you know, that's how we do on. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Pod Father, you have blessed us with your with your presence. What's going on? We can't hear you, Chris. Your he got the mute off. button. He got his mute on. He went in there. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm pretty savvy at this. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Chris, I'm surprised, man. I'm like the go-to. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I messed this up. Got the, got the fresh Cosby sweater on, the dad sweater. I like you. I like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at work, man. That's, that's why, uh, that's why y'all see me on the moon. Uh, <laughs> I got, I got, I got HIPAA violations at risk if I divulge my, my surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, man, glad. Glad you can make it on this this final show, man. We, we yeah, uh, definitely getting into our shout outs. But one, one thing I'll say, I'll finish up, finish up with the shout outs, man. Because you, you don't want to go down a slippery slope of making rules because it never, there's never a, an end to it. Because like, here's what happens. And I'm going I'm to I'm pull the listeners behind the curtain for a second. <laughs> what happens is brothers say, you know what? Let's, let's, let's encourage the friends to have their cameras on as much as possible for the Zoom meetings. But then what happens? People, more people start turning their cameras on and you start catching images that you don't intend for the congregation to see. Mm -hmm. So now those same brothers are like, well, somebody needs to talk to so-and-so. Why, why are they in bed? Why, why are they in a chair with a blanket on? Why are they uh, uh, at, at the gas station? you know with the camera on why are they in a hospital gown it's like look had y'all never pressed the issue in the first place you you wouldn't be having this other issue so let the friends do what they're gonna do if they have their cameras off i'm assuming it's for good reason that's just how i feel What's now you're gonna now you're gonna complain you're gonna you're gonna force the issue all right have your camera on but now you're gonna complain about what the camera is catching Right. It's like, yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't have it both ways. You got a half dozen people in the congregation with a, with a drinking problem. And you want to give a local needs about having your Zoom camera on. <laughs> what's your, what's your take on it, Chris? Zoom cameras? Yeah, like, like people not having a video on during the meeting. Um, same thing. You know, some people may have a situation in their house where they can't show their camera um i think you can encourage it but you don't police it right. um however you know if you're if you're a brother and you have a part or something i would strongly suggest an individual have their camera off that back uh, for brothers it's almost true but um outside of that man just like like ian said just gotta let people do do what what fits their circumstances some people may not be in a position to have their camera on some people their house might be dirty especially at an early morning meeting you, you don't know um but 
you encourage people and the people who want to take that encouragement and get, get themselves in order to have their camera on, more power to them. And eventually, if, if you do it in a loving way, eventually the friends will come around anyway. Um, as opposed to trying to just police it and, and be a watchdog. Right. At the end of the day, they at the meetings. I mean, they could be at worst places or they could not be at the meeting at all. They could just, you know, not log in. But why give the friends an excuse to, or, or why, 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 when it comes to being, you know, elders and policing the friends and everything, why make it even tougher on the friends? We've been going through a lot this year, along with people getting COVID in the congregation, people losing family members. Why we got to get petty about being on top of people about not having their screens on? You know, even our, you know, even, you know, RCO uh, had talked to us about it, you know, and he kind of, you know, he, he's not a big fan of it either, but he's like, hey, you know, if they, <laughs> they're there. So, you know. Hey, you just go. Oh, he weighed in on it. Yeah, he weighed in on it. He weighed in on it. It bothered him too. I mean, it, it you know, because <laughs> like it, it, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, he 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 was a little bothered by it. But other than it that, can be, it can be bothersome. But I mean, at the same time, no no rule is being broken. Um, right, he wasn't establishing any rules on, on right. having a screen or nothing, but he did voice to us as a, you know, collective that you know, yeah, every once in a while he, he he just put it to he put it like this: every once in a while, don't be a, you know, peek out of the curtains every once in a while. You just want to know, you know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about friends. I'm not talking about friends who are like you know before this pandemic were, were already sporadic and you know they're pretty much not going to ca- have their cameras on like i'm talking about people who 60 70 percent of the time they have their camera on and then 30 percent of the time they have the camera off mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know you're asking group overseers to know is it right and they did out on the side of group and they might decide oh we'll be off it's just oh that's, that's, that's a, what they that, want y'all to do that's a bit much i'm gonna have to strike that from the tape but that's a bit much <laughs> Oh, oh, that's kind of yeah. That's a little fair say it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little fair say it. You know, I, I heard an, um, an experience of this other sister uh, who shall remain remain nameless, but she had had uh, uh, she like sprained her wrist at work or something or, or fractured it or something. So had to spend a little time at the hospital. But her meeting was that night. You know, so she tapped into the meeting, but uh, had her camera off. And uh, as one of the brothers like texted her three times during the meeting, oh, how come you ain't got your camera on? And it's like, yo, leave me alone. It's like I'm I'm so focused. I'm usually so focused on the meeting and back and forth between the meeting and the material being considered. It's like I don't really have time to notice who didn't have a camera on and hunt them down and you know, right? I don't know, man. That's just me. It's it's going to become the new circumcision issue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that I think you do have to keep a watch for things like that. Um, you look for patterns, and I mean, you get you guys know this. Uh, you look for certain patterns um, with people, and and just just being watchful as a, as a shepherd, you know, what I'm saying for certain things. But again, like when, when it's getting to the point where you're turning into a watchdog about it, I think that's that's where it gets over much. You know, you encourage the friends; they'll either do it or not. You let it go. Um, 
and then you you have to know know the, the look the personality of your flock your flock being your service group specifically you know how people are so you 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 know who's more likely to have their camera on or comment or things like that you can notice who's a little off their game and those are people you reach out and call like it's 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 not rocket science yeah 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 absolutely and um you know shout shout out to um shout out to all those congregations out there after the meeting ends they just got 70 people yelling at the screen instead of doing breakout rooms <laughs> Hey, we used to be that congregation, but we, I, I would say about a, about a month and a half we've been doing it, and it's, it's been nice, it's hit or miss. You know, you got nights where people stay on and you hit the breakout room and everybody gets in, but you got other nights where people, you, you can tell, man, the energy's just not there after the meeting. Everybody just be like, all right, boom, 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 and you just hit, see the number just come down, come down. And it's like, at this point, why put a breakout room together when it's only like, nine screens left you know what i mean so you have oh, yeah. nice too. Yeah. but i'm in a smaller congregation so i don't know how how it is for you guys well for us it, it was it was it also became a thing with the on top of the camera issue like why is so-and-so never stick around why do they just why do they leave right after the prayer and it's like well because you got 70 people just yelling at a screen and like you know y'all only highlighting the same five or six people so I, I completely understand why somebody would just log off after amen. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, you know, it, it's it's some people just don't feel like that. You know, like I, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't I I I don't mind sticking around for for a couple of hours to do letter writing and following the same. But please, please, don't play music. Don't don't be talking to me. Where your wife at? Where where Keaton at? Well, my that, where my man, that Kensington like, Park stuff. Let me, let me, let me write my letter in peace. <laughs> Kensington Park stuff. Y'all play. I'm gonna play some. I'm gonna play some Kingdom Melodies. Oh, okay, I'm out of here. Hey, they put what they playing. They what they playing. <laughs> what they playing in? Y'all, aye, aye, aye. You trying to write a letter? All you hear is aye, aye. I want to hear that, man. Just turn that off. Yeah, like turn that off, man breaking my concentration man like like yeah I, I just that's just me some people like having music you know playing when they you know doing doing letter writing or whatever but it, for me it, it's, it's kind of distracting <laughs> this is the best life ever i'm usually the host so i can mute stuff like that oh that's great that's yeah great. once you once you go in that direction ah, reaching <laughs> what song is that, Rodney? Like, uh, what kind of melody is that? <laughs> That's the best life ever, man. He be so peaceful with him. <laughs> What's wrong with his voice? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I hey, I, I hey, I'm sorry. Guilty as charged. I, I I like I like that song, but it, it, I think it's a little overplayed in the witness category. I guess because it say best life ever. Uh, you know his his voice is funny to me. I'm just so, I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> when it gets struck by lightning, I you know I know the the branch make the decisions on and then give the approval of music that's being allowed for us to listen to from the broadcast. But hey man, his voice is uh, I can't get past his voice. I'm sorry. But uh, other than, but other than that, uh, any more shout outs, Chris? Do you have any shout outs before we get started? 
Oh no. Um Zoom is its own comedy and uh I'll leave it at that. Well, you know, I will say this and I don't I don't know what it's like with the friends and, and you guys congregation, but shout out to the older people who uh have managed pretty well, at least my congregation, they have managed pretty well to get this Zoom thing down man. You can tell how important the meetings are to them because they've they've made the extra effort to try to understand how this works and jump on board as opposed to really like complaining about it, which which they could do. Uh, they really tried to to get their meetings this way and adjust with the cherry. That's what I got. Yeah, shout out to them, man. They 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 have done an excellent job. Hey, I'm gonna need you to uh, bleep out the congregation. That I'm gonna shout out, but <laughs> there's a there's a congregation in where Chris resides. Um, the speakers, <laughs> the speakers there are quite interesting, and um, man, you talk about swing and miss every week. Ah, <laughs> goodness gracious! <laughs> I mean, I thought it was like, oh, the first one I was like, okay. Then the second one came, I was like, oh, okay. Then the third one, I was like, man, I'm like really struggling to stay up. Like, I it, I know you got to take talks for what they are and you got to look at to the, 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 you know, see how it benefits you spiritually and you take the information for what it is. It's not always about giving great talks. It's not all it was about that. It's just, you know, you be happy with it. It's brothers on the broadcast and the morning worships don't have the best delivery. But the information that they give is pretty precise. It's something that you can take from. I don't get, I'm not getting that with this particular congregation. <laughs> is, this pretty, is this pretty deep in the Indiana or is this close to me? Uh, congregation. Hmm. So, yeah, we've got to do a lot of, we've got to do a lot of bleeping on this because I, I, I got to get some intel. Um, Chris. I'm glad I, I'm glad you're on because because this reminds me of another question I, I wanted to ask somebody and this is your neck of the woods so I figure you're probably the best person to ask what is up with this this uh, legendary congregation a myth, myth, mythical congregation I should say where all the brothers have beards in Indiana does this congregation actually exist or is this is this an urban legend? It it appears to exist. It it appears to exist. Um. Do the, are the people growing the beards? Are they are they active appointed brothers? I've heard there are a few. Do they do they look like do they look like us, or do they look more like brother Let? <laughs> uh, from what I've seen, they look more like us. Come on, um. Yeah, there there is because I have I have a, a friend of mine in one of these congregations, and the way he the way he's putting it out is like he's fighting a losing battle, um, but I, I think it's it's kind of spreading. I'm not gonna say too much about it because I don't want to. The brother who's fighting the losing battle, he's 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 pro clean shaven or he's pro beard. He's what? he's more pro clean shaven. Um. And then I, I think it's a few congregations in Indiana, especially like Northwest Indiana, that are kind of doing it 
I have my. I mean, I'm, I'm, my stance on it. I have a pretty. I have a pretty neutral stance on it myself. It's like I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I know beards aren't. They're not synonymous with what they used to be synonymous with. But like, I, I it's best to in an organization. It's best to present a united front on a certain issue. You know, you don't want to have. Um, you don't want to have. You don't want to have sex. In the congregation, like, oh, this mm-hmm. sect over, you, this sect over here, we, you know, we, we do the beard thing, but this sect over here, we don't do the beard thing. So that's 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 why I, I, I'm seeking clarity. You know what I mean? I I personally have an opinion, a preference, but I I'm very cautious about voicing it because I don't want it to come off like I'm saying it should be ABC, um, because it's it's not in writing, so. I've, I've heard that there have been some appeals to a certain parts of the branch on certain things. So, like, I, I don't know the whole story, and, and I don't, I don't want to make anything up or start any rumors. But there, there have I've been I've been sent pictures of some brothers out this way doing it. Now, here's the thing: at at at, at the branch, uh, brothers. I don't know if you heard this. Brothers can't have like bald heads or anything like that like totally skin heads so i visited what? What? yeah yeah they don't like they, they, they're not fans of the fab five huh no 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 like that's i, I your brother no. told me that that works in the bar no black socks and bethel <laughs> no black socks and bethel but yeah i was like man so you know he was like you know it's a lot of brothers that are bald they have hair you know they allow their hair to grow on the side uh, because they don't want to be affiliated with those type of movements, and I was like, "Wow, uh, I never." Oh, like maybe like, like skinheads or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, or 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 a member of Onyx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I say all that to say this, and you know, when I no one wants with, to be affiliated with them right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I say all that to say this: I visited War, you know, Warwick, and I visited Bethel and everything. I'm y'all, y'all, you know, me, you know, I'm bald. You know, I've been bald for the last eight years. So, you know, when I go there, I don't get side eyes from the brothers that work there that that are no. tours and things of that nature. So, on the flip side, when it comes to beers and, like Chris said, not being a big rule on it, I'm I'm trying to even scale back and just be like, you know what? If I see a brother on, you know, during a meeting, I actually went to go visit a congregation. Um, it was a sister that actually was a uh, Bible student when I first started going to Burbank, but she ended up transferring to another congregation. She had an unbelieving maid and everything, but to make a long story short, he's now, he's now doing great. You know, he gave his first Bible reading and it was like he had a, a goatee, giving giving his Bible read with a goatee. So you know, for, I was kind of taken aback by it at first, but then I'm like, hey, uh, it, those brothers feel like it's it's cool, it's cool. I'm not gonna sit here, and right? Be, it, it's like yeah, it's it's about it's about modesty. Like you know, you, you yeah, can have it, a goatee. It was neatly trimmed, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know, and here the, the official line I've seen because Chris, I ha- I have heard about the appeals to the actual branch and the official line you know the company line so to speak is don't do anything that's going to stumble folks in the congregation 
and they kind of just leave it at that. And that's 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 the stance in a nutshell. So I say let the sisters vote on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that either. <laughs> don't do that. Well, we 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 we're about to get right into some NBA. We we can make a whole podcast about that that topic. That's like. Yeah, we got we got to talk off wax about that. that we got to talk uh, off wax. swinging swinging miss targets because I, I'm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll oh, definitely definitely gonna uh, put you up on that one. We are gonna get into <laughs> to the NBA. You know, again, start of the NBA. We had Christmas Day games that were trash. Uh, all the blowouts. So, uh, this but, has been a wonky first week for the NBA, man. Yeah. Like, what what is going on? Nothing yeah. makes sense. And in, feel free. I know you got some mailbag questions, so feel free to throw them in whenever you, you know, it's kind of like double dutch, you know, whenever you want to jump in with those okay. mailbag questions, feel free to do so. But what I want to talk about pretty much is, uh, you know, reactions to the, you know, beginning of the season. You know, people tend to overreact to things, underreact to things. So I, I chose a couple of teams and I'm actually, there's one team I forgot to put on the list, but I'll get into them. Uh, shortly, but I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just talk early reaction. And I'm gonna see what you guys think, you know, and get you guys opinion on it. Uh, the Nets are really good. Is that an overreaction? No, that's not an overreaction because we we knew they were gonna be good. The, the question with the Nets was gonna be what were they gonna do in a postseason, right? And can they maintain it without going all Kyrie on it? I like the way they look with Spencer Dinwiddie, but with him being out for the season, yeah, uh, that's 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 not a small loss. Yeah, yeah, that they're, they're very they're a very deep team. Um, even with without Dinwiddie, who's a, a key player, you still got Karis, DeAndre Jordan, and Jared Allen. That's that's a nice combo on the front court. They, on paper, personnel wise, they have a great team, but now you worry about. The chemistry issue. Kyrie's in that locker room, and you have Steve Nash as a head coach, a first-time head coach, and he's got D'Antoni kind of like being his his Jedi master. But like D'Antoni isn't the greatest at managing conflict. So yeah, who, you, who's <laughs> who's encouraging any type of defense on that on that coaching staff? I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally the old seven sons as the coaching staff. But you got Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan, so I guess it's just like if if they get past you, them two guys are supposed to clean it up. <laughs> that reminds me actually of a mailbag question, Rodney. Who who do you all trust to be the emotional leader of the Brooklyn Nets this year? Oh man! Uh, you see, this is this is where this is where the difference is. You know, and trust me, you know me. I'm not a Le- pro LeBron guy, but this is the difference between LeBron and these kind of other players who are here under him, like Katie and Kyrie. When they get handed a bad loss, they, they run in the locker room, they throw their hoodies over their head, and they dodge the media. LeBron will sit at the table and answer the hard questions and, and give the best you know, answers he can and try to rally the troops after the loss and keep the morale up. And it's just like, with them, I could easily see it playing out the other way. And now Steve Nash is going to be the one who has to answer all the tough questions. And he's going to inadvertently say something that's going to cause Kyrie to react with something, you know, with some other statement that's that's sideways and stupid. You know, yeah, who do y'all trust? 
from that, and that's what I'm talking about, man. Um, and I think they just lost their emotional leader. I think yeah, the most mature yeah. cat, that most mature cat in that locker room was Dan Witty. Yep, and, that's what I was gonna and, say. Yeah, and they they just lost him. So I don't I don't know if he's gonna continue to be a presence, especially with COVID and everything, how how present he can be. But yeah, they just lost him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So and yeah, you're right. And um, I mean, this is a team with two of their star players who are anti media. Uh, they don't want <laughs> Kevin's always been sensitive. Kyrie is, you know, weird. So, <laughs> like, did y'all see him burning that stage at the at, at the TD Garden? <sighs> he had like he had he was burning stage at practice. He had like a a, a bush of sage, like smoking out of look like what looked like a ram's horn, and was like ra- waving the smoke all around the stadium to get rid of the bad vibes. I'm like, nigga, get get out of here with all this witchcraft. <laughs> Ain't nobody in there. Shahid Rafuk Muhammad is gonna be his name by the end by the time he retires. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ian. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. Ky- Kyrie will not be going by the name of Kyrie Irving by the end of his career. You're probably right. You're probably right. He, he probably yeah, going to be, be a supreme, supreme Justice Allah by the time he retires. <laughs> that's why he moved. That's why he wanted to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of that. He probably hanging out with Jay Rude Damage or somewhere. <laughs> 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 Moving on, we got the uh, over. Are we gonna overreact to the Clippers losing by fifty to the Mavs? No, no, I'm not gonna overreact to that. But it is, it is indicative of something to watch out for in the postseason. I, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Say this: one, it it it, it tells us a couple things, right? So the Mavericks are good, all right? Yes, the Mavericks are good. Luke is a bad boy. And they they added a little bit here, a little bit there. They're not. I don't think they're championship good, but Luca's obviously an MVP candidate. Two, um, Kawhi didn't play that night, and I, and yeah, you still have Paul George, but Kawhi didn't play that night. So, had Kawhi played that night, they they would have lost by by twenty instead of forty. <laughs> don't know, don't know, like. <laughs> Don't know. Kawhi would have guarded whoever else was scoring. That who who is his replacement? One of the Morris dudes or something. It's, it's yeah. But <laughs> no, take Morris nothing. Take nothing. Yeah, it's one of the Morris twins. Take nothing from that. <laughs> no matter what Lakers fans tell you. Hey, what you said, Ian, reminded me of a quote that Bill Walsh said. Uh, they had lost. This was back when they played the, the 49ers played the, the Giants in the I think it was the divisional round and the <laughs> they were up three to nothing and Jerry Rice was wide open for a touchdown and he ended up fumbling the ball before he ran into the end zone and it got knocked out of bounds and they you know it turned into a turnover and then <laughs> the next thing you know the Giants beat them 49 to three they like scored 49 <laughs> unanswered. So they asked Bill Walsh after the game. He said, would the score, would the outcome been different had Jerry Rice would have scored that touchdown? He was like, yeah, it would have been a difference. The score would have been 49 to 10. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's right, though. He's right. Yeah. He's right. 
exactly the same thing. But I got I got something for the Clippers later on. I got an award for for Paul George. I got a couple of them. Um, but I'll get to that later. The Bucks shaky start. Overreacting? Are we gonna overreact to that? No, no, no. Twenty nine threes last night, huh? Yeah. If they if they do that in the playoffs, they're going to the finals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't see anybody beating them if they continue to play like that. Uh, the Cavaliers are off to a hot start. Uh, are we gonna overreact? Hey, your boy, a n your boy Sexton balling, man. He he's he's going to continue to ball, but like that team, uh, who takes them seriously? Like they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be feisty, but they're not gonna be a playoff team. They're, they're just not. The Magic are four and zero. Oh. So, but who did they beat? Who did the Magic beat? Well, let's take a look. Um, we're gonna look at who they beat so far. They've beaten the they beat the Heat. They beat the Wizards, who are garbage they right now. Beat the Wizards again, and then they beat the Thunder, who are garbage this year. They actually have a. I'm looking at their schedule. They have a week's schedule. They might start off eight and zero or nine and zero. They they play the Bulls anytime soon. They don't play the Bulls until February, actually. Orlando is not a trash basketball team. They're, they're not. They, I I I, I might have had them knocking on the door in the, of the of the playoffs this year. Yeah, they they they're gonna. They were there last year. And and they're gonna they're gonna be there this year. They're they're a they're a extremely okay basketball team who on any given night can beat almost anybody. It's just once you get them into a seven game series, they're gonna get smashed. Um, but yeah, Orlando's not trash. It, they're just not one of the best teams in the NBA by any stretch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I didn't have the Magic making the playoffs myself, but I have been impressed with their start. Um, they 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 got a lot of players that always that they're like you you kind of like just waiting on them to just explode you know uh, well not players but uh, Aaron Gordon like I'm looking at Aaron Gordon like come on man like bro you should be averaging thirty and, and fifteen like I don't I don't want to see sixteen and five I don't want to see fourteen and, and four and three which are decent numbers but man yeah, Aaron Gordon you've been in the league. Don't forget about Vucevic too. Vucevic is a is a is a competent, you know, big yeah. man. Yeah, very skilled big man. Um, Markel Fultz has been balling since he's gotten there. I'm actually happy for you know the success he's had. And uh, Fournier, he's one of the good ones. Like Ian would always say, he's one of the good ones. He can ball. So, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about this Magic team, man, is that they always end up in the middle of the pack every year. Like, and they, I just don't know. I don't know. They're, they're the biggest head-scratching team in my Aaron opinion. Gordon's going to look good when he somehow gets traded to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, some way. Somehow. Y'all heard it here first. Y'all heard it the, here the first. Magic, the Magic are going to send him away for, uh, for, 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 for three unprotected picks. <laughs> and Kyle Kuzma. Right. <laughs> oh man, y'all heard it here first. Uh, and Alex Caruso and a package deal. <laughs> uh the Warriors. 
is Steph Curry deserving of the warrior hate? Never heard Warrior hate? So I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but he, after those first two games, they're two and two now. They won last night. But after the first two games, I felt like people were overreacting to the Golden State Warriors' bad start because they got blown out the first two games. And everybody was kind of like, uh, Steph Curry deserved this. He, you know, he, yeah, he had all these juiced up teams all these years. Now he's being exposed. And, oh, LeBron never, he carried trash teams to the finals. And, uh, you know, and now it's like, Steph, you know, no excuses for Steph Curry. He, he should be balling out. It's like, guys, um, Steph hasn't played meaning, ne- meaningful basketball since the finals. In 2019, like, you know, you got to give him a chance to shake off the rust. I don't no true preseason. So, like, what did y'all expect? And Andrew, Rich- I mean, they lost, they lost to like the Nets and the Bucks, which I totally saw coming. Exactly. Also, consider they, they were supposed to lose to. Consider this, okay? One, we all know LeBron throughout history is a better basketball player than Stephen Curry. Legacy, you know, body of work. We get it. Okay, and and mostly, Steph. We've we've always said that Steph interrupted the narrative, which is why LeBron fans don't like. When LeBron got triple teamed at the top of the key because he was by far the best player on his team, and he passed the ball, the guys he passed the ball to, what did they do? They ran the other way. (laughs) Not (laughs) jail. My 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 point is when. So they LeBron made their Shaqton their Shaqton a Mo debut. <laughs> <laughs> he passes to Mo Williams. Mo Williams makes the three. Right, right. When Steph Curry, when Steph Curry gets doubled off the pick and roll, and he makes a pass to Kelly Oubre, he goes over his first eighteen threes, and then you lose by twenty. So Steph is facing double teams nightly, and and yes, he and he. If you look at his numbers, he's still getting his numbers. But no one else, and I repeat, no one else is making shots on that team. And you can make the argument after this season, this might be Steph Curry's best season, like in my opinion, because as far I, as yeah. like he's going, like like Chris said, he's gonna get attacked every night. And he's constantly putting up big numbers every night, even though they're not turning, they're not turning into wins and, and they're not looking as dominated dominating as they did back when they were dominating the league. It's still Steph Curry. We if we gonna sit here and criticize Steph Curry when we were praising Damian Lillard for doing the same thing for a few years in, in Portland before their team got you know started to get better, then let's ease off on on Steph, man. I, I feel like it's like yo y'all. It's like y'all waiting for this man to fail for no reason just because y'all didn't like the fact that Golden State tarnished LeBron's <laughs> kind of messed up LeBron's legacy. I, I just don't. I don't understand. That's where I feel like all of that stems from. Yeah, that's that's um, that that's unfortunate. I, I agree. I do think he's going to put up MVP level numbers this year. But it's like, come on, man! Like like losing Clay is a is a is a big big loss. Who knows when Draymond Green's going to come back? And he's not exactly. going to be like he's not going to like fall into place right away. Like he's going to have a few rusty games when he first comes back too. Andrew Wiggins arguably makes them worse. You know, when you look at the when you look at the analytics, uh Kelly Oubre, Phoenix went went um 
went went undefeated in the bubble without giving him a second of playing time. So that dude ain't no no needle mover. Um, and people just you know we've been through this before, man. People just hate Steph. I think one of the one of the unfortunate uh, um, storylines we're gonna see persisting throughout the sports media this year is. Oh, Steph ain't that great. He can't even drag this this team to the to the playoffs. But he might. He might drag them to the playoffs. Like, you know, let's just let's just wait and see. But I, that's going to be the narrative we're going to hear all year. Yeah, you put LeBron on this team. LeBron will drag him to the playoffs. But we, we already know that's coming. That that reminds me of a of another uh, mailbag question. How do y'all feel about the seven verse eight nine verse ten uh, playing uh, format? Not a big fan. I'm 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 only a fan. It's gonna be one of those things where I'm only a fan if seeds eight through ten, right? Seven through no, it's actually seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Mm-hmm. If seven, right, so se- eight, seven, nine, eight, the winner of the seven, I, eight plays plays the winner of the nine, ten. If if the records are tight, I'm for it. But if it's one of those things where where nine and ten, it's kind of like a. a, a NFC East type thing where the, the, the NFC East was trash this year, but one of those teams is going to make the playoffs off of technicality. And it's like you're giving a nine or 10 seeded team who is like eight or nine games behind the eighth seed a chance to make the playoffs off some playing games. That's where it can get a little like sketchy and you, you kind of be like shaking your head like okay why is this in place why we need this why can't the eighth seed just get the eighth seed if the ninth seed is like way out of reach uh of main you know getting that eighth seed so mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it's some it, it's it's got its pros and cons i'm on a more wait and see basis i want to see it first but you know I don't know if I'm all the way in on this one. I'm I'm 50 50. I'm, I'm when the games you play, it. man. Huh? When the games you play. Well, that's the thing. This this is a shortened season. So the math, by the time we get to the end of the season, the math is gonna be a lot tighter than than we might think with, with the win columns with a lot of these teams. Now I hear what Rodney's uh, saying. Like if there's like if there's like a, a five-win difference between like the eighth seed and the ninth seed. Then no, they 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 don't deserve a plan. You know it, that's just I, I, but whatever whatever results in more basketball games. I like that. So so you know if we could get some more quality basketball games, I'm cool with that. But I agree, there should be some sort of contingency. There should be some sort of like yeah, if if, if you all have so many wins or or should I say so many losses, then yeah, you don't qualify. That, well, that's so many games back or something like that. Because right. I I see I see trash front offices using this as as some sort of soup to feed their fans. You know what I'm saying? Like hypothetically speaking, you know, let's say you, you take the Wizards and the Wizards get the number ten spot and you know, they play and they, they lose by a couple points in the first game. Well they're gonna tell the fans, Well, we were right there. You know, we were right there fighting for the playoffs <laughs> and use that as an excuse not to get better. And, and that's that's part of the reason I don't like it. I mean, if, if it's if it's close, yeah, I, you know, I, I can rock with that. But mm, you got seventy two games, man, to figure out how good you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, you do. 
Uh, my last team, uh, surprise team. I know I'm gonna irritate Ian with this one. The uh, are the Atlanta Hawks that good? Why would this irritate Ian? Because uh, I don't, I don't believe, I just don't believe in the Atlanta Hawks. I, I believe in Trey Young. I, I believe he'll get stats, but like, you know what? I'm, I'm not as. Don't don't take that though as like I'm 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 really down on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm more up on the Hawks than you might think. I I if you ask me what teams are absolutely not going to make the playoffs in the East this year, Atlanta is probably not on that list for me. But you know who is on that list? The Bulls, the Knicks, the Pistons. You know, so <laughs> I I you know, believe Atlanta, I, you know they got a puncher's chance. They got a puncher's chance. I believe in Atlanta, man. They they have they have a roster um, that is very Golden State East, um, and I think that's what they were going for. Tons of guys who can shoot. Golden State East. I don't know about that. Clint Capella, uh, and I mean on a, on a on a very very much much smaller level. You know, we're not talking like championship, but. You know the the unbelievable range point guard can can dribble and pass. They, you know everybody called Trey Young the, the next step. So they're Atlanta's kind of. It looks to me like they kind of mold their team like that. You know Bogdanovich the shooter, Gallinari a shooter who can handle at the four. Um, Clint Capella, you know go get the ball. You know run screen roll. They they have a good roster. John Collins if he if he plays up to his potential, you know he can be a force. They have a good roster. Again, we're, we're not talking about a championship team, but can they make some noise in the East? The East? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I like their start. Um, you know, I, I believe in this team. I've been trying to... I've been calling this team's name for the last two years, and they've been letting me down. So I got my eye on them, man. I got my eye on them. They better not let me down. I'd already, I already got my death threat uh, letters prepared, so... If they screw this up, um, you know, you you will be hearing about me on Sports Center. But um, I'm looking forward to watching. They're just exciting to watch, man. I'm, I'm a huge Trey Young fan. I've been liking them since college, and I just want I, I just want to see my man succeed. I think it's more of a selfish thing, you know, than anything. And they loaded up, man. They had a good offseason. Um, they got they got pieces that are good and pieces that they needed. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't waiting necessarily for 2021 because it was unpredictable. They said, let's win now. Let's go get what we need now. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I like that. They're grabbing the bulls by the horn. So I appreciate that. But yeah, uh, any more bad questions or you got some for later, uh, Ian? Um, I had another question. Um, <laughs> It was more of a dig at the Knicks, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that one ride. I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip to another question. Since we got Chris on the show, seeing the success of Michael Jordan's The Last Dance documentary, how much money are y'all willing to bet that right now they are accruing footage of LeBron James' uh, seasons and, and, and behind-the-scenes footage of him for a similar documentary in the future? And when do you all think this, this documentary drops and what will be the name of it? <laughs> I will put all two hundred and forty-seven dollars and thirteen cents of my life savings on that. <laughs> and Ian, I got, I got one better. I got one better. I think he, I think that started back when he was in high school. 
I, I, I you're probably right. It's been well, remember they did the documentary on him in high school. Yeah, but I'm sure they'll add some more elements from that, and then there's some, probably some footage that he probably wanted recorded back when during his final days with the Cavs in his first stint in Cleveland, and then leading up to all of the drama going to the Heat, and then. Hey, I, I just think, you know, LeBron is all about the camera. I've been saying that for years about him. He's all about the camera and everybody looking at him. That's him. I would not be anywhere near surprised if he had a documentary and it will be a 20 part series. It won't be 10 parts. It'll be 20 parts. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's not going to put it on ESPN. He's going to put it on uh, HBO, HBO Max. Or Showtime or, or, yeah, yeah. Like who who's doing his his uh barbershop show? Was that HBO or Showtime? I think that was Showtime. Showtime is doing yeah. that. So so they're they're gonna get the rights to that documentary. Um Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. And it won't be it won't be that far into the future. Um and people are gonna eat it up. He needs to do it now. Well I mean the irons I wanna say now, in the next few years. While the iron's hot before you know somebody else comes along. Jordan fans are, are so loyal that Mike can do something 20 years from now that he'll still get a follow. But LeBron fans are so fickle and, and they move with the wind. He has to do it quickly and continue to do things to keep himself, which he will, keep himself in consciousness. Because I know one thing, they they won't stop telling us how old he is. God, that's a 36 <laughs> year old especially oh you know what hey man richard jefferson you I, and sure. you don't like mark jackson but i don't know man richard jefferson sure. this dude is one of, might be one of the worst commentators i've ever heard in my life terrible yeah, he's, chris weber territory yes he's up there he's up there he's up he's starting to reach like ryan uh holland's levels man like <laughs> Did you hear the Christmas Day game he did? I couldn't let I couldn't even watch the rest of the game. I had to turn it off because of him. Oh God. Oh. Like like he he told the play by play guy to uh, shut up. He didn't know what he was talking about. Only to be wrong after he said what he said. There was a uh, the refs were doing a review, and uh, the play by play guy was like, you know, they're probably reviewing this, this, and the third. He's like, no, they're not reviewing that. Be quiet. They're not reviewing that. What they're looking at is this, this, and the third. And then the ref comes over to the scores table and literally says what he was reviewing and repeated almost verbatim what the play-by-play guy said he was reviewing. And I'm like, Richard Jefferson, you imbecile. Yeah, see, that, and that's why I turned the game off. <laughs> He's the worst. He's the worst. He is trash. It was, it was, it was so irritating to listen. So he, makes, he, makes, he makes Nick Wright look good. You know what I mean? I hope that's an experiment that, that ends really quickly. Side note, I watched the interview with Mike Breen and I and to me, this is what makes a good, uh, you know, analyst, a good play by play guy. They he was basically talking about the origin of him saying bang to big shots. Right. And he, <laughs> he said he came up with it with it in college. Uh, he said it during a, you know, college basketball game. And he just said the reason why he started sticking to that, he said he didn't like saying it at first, but then. He said, start catching. And he was like, the reason why he does it is because it, it allows for people to feel the, the the noise from the crowd, feel the emotion of the moment. It's a get in and get out type of call. 
And I like that. I, I would rather do something like that because they the fans don't want to hear the commentator all the time. Just bang, that's it. Listen to the crowd, watch all the reaction, and you automatically feel it. You know what I mean? And, and I appreciate him saying that because all these commentators and, and they come into the, the mic and they feel like they got to say all these extravagant things and and you you don't realize you talking too much, man. I don't, don't want to listen to, sometimes I have to put it on mute. Like just listen to the game without their voice because it's like, it gets irritating. Air fillers, dude. They're air fillers. Don't be, a, don't be afraid of silence. Exactly. Chris Weber. <laughs> one one last one last question, man. One last mailbag question. What does a successful season for the Phoenix Suns look like this year? Mm. Second round of mm. <laughs> familiar territory for uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where your season ends, Chris Paul. <laughs> you know how this goes. <laughs> Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? I was waiting for you all season. You know all those little behind-the-back passes you were throwing? <laughs> it stops here. Remember all those alley-hoops you was throwing? <laughs> well, hey, I missed the second round. It, it stops here, you know? All those wins, it stops here. Yeah, I think that's the, get, I, that's the ceiling for me. And if he gets past the second round, he has to pay dearly for it. He has to, like, give up a sacrifice a hamstring. <laughs> Man, you ain't lying. You ain't lying, man. <laughs> His body wasn't ready to go fast too. <laughs> hey, Chris Paul's hamstring has probably just changed the whole dynamic of how the NBA is right now. Like, what would have happened if Paul Chris Paul's hamstring would have never reacted? We might be seeing some different results in the past. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he that that hamstring been his worst nightmare his whole career but uh making that transition on to our next uh subject uh we go to the nfl we got an exciting week of nfl football coming up a lot of people battling for playoff position surprisingly including the bears uh a few weeks ago um people were saying bears fans were saying fire the whole team fire the coach fire this fire that uh you know waiting for Virginia McCaskey to, you know, die of COVID or something. And now, (laughs) (laughs) and now the Bears are actually in the driver's seat to making it to the playoffs. So my question to you is, do y'all think they will make it? Oh, God. No. That is all I have to say. No. Next question. Oh, God. They're going to make it. They're going to make it, aren't they? I gotta go to the Saints, right? It depends. No, they got a lot of scenarios. They have to beat the Packers to get to the playoffs. And there's talk that the Packers are going to rest people. And even if they lose, if the Cardinals lose, the Bears are still in the playoffs. And the Cardinals have to play the Rams. So. They, they're gonna find a way. They're gonna find a way to lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> but here's the thing: even if the Bears lose to the Packers, they still need the 
Cardinals, Cardinals to win. To, to win in order to get in. I thought you said they need the Cardinals to lose. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because um, the the Bears got the tiebreaker to the Arizona Cardinals. So, right. basically, so basically, if the Bears win, they still get in. If Arizona lose, they're out. Los Angeles is in. If Los Wait, Angeles so, in, so, so... Who so, do they play in the wild card then? If the this well this is this is the last week of the season, so this is to get into the playoffs. So the Bears they win, they're in, no matter what. If the Bears lose, and the Cardinals win, the Cardinals are in. If the Cardinals lose, no matter what, the Bears are in. It's too many contingencies here. I'm 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 taking the Bears, losing out. I'm taking I'm taking that bet all day. So yeah, I, I think the Bears are going to make it in. Um, they're going to fall backwards into the playoffs. It's, it's it's another one of those things that I feel about the tenth seed, man, and the NBA. Now you're going to have a justification for everything that's already established there, and nothing's going to change. And that's why I hate that the Bears have been winning. Yeah, because now you go into. Hey guys, the next hey guys, I, I'm gonna tap out real quick, man. I, I gotta take this call real quick. I'll be back. Go ahead. Now you go into next season. You know, like <laughs> everybody, we, we, we're stuck with Nagy. We're stuck with Pace, and we're stuck with another season. Now, here's my question to you, Chris. Do you think that? Do you think that um, Mitchell Trubisky? Is the starter next year? I think it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same thing it was the beginning of this season. They're going to go out um, and acquire some system quarterback, and Mitch is going to have to battle with him, and we're going to have to deal with the same thing all over again. Like Nagy does not like Trubisky because Trubisky limits his playbook. And Nagy wants to look like a genius. So you can't look like a genius with half a playbook. Right. Um, so they're going to do it again. They're going to repeat the cycle. Probably going to find a way to, to rid themselves of Foles. I think Foles put himself in the doghouse when he had that issue with Nagy where uh, he kind of told, I think he told NBC something. Then they came back and asked Nagy, is that what he told him? You know. Basically, Foles had to backtrack because Nagy was mad. Um, yeah, so they're going to get rid of Foles and just bring in another guy, system guy. Uh, I, I hope they go and get a quarterback in the draft that you can, you know, put your roots in and, and go forward. But when when you make the playoffs and you even have people in Chicago believing in Mitch now, I, I think Mitch is an okay quarterback I don't think he's like the trashest of trash but there's a lot that man can't do and you need a and you need a better quarterback oh yeah I agree I agree um but I, I will say this man they got their running back at least but do they know it <laughs> the thing is the thing is when the line started playing better when they made a, a few adjustments to the line and they stopped adding Cordero Patterson. You know, well, Cordero Patterson got hurt, 
and but it, it was kind of like I felt like Cordero Cordero Patterson putting him in the mix. It was like you allowed the defenses to know what you were getting ready to do, and so mm-hmm. I felt like it, it, the Bears' offense was becoming too predictable. Well, now without Cordero Patterson, now you got uh, Montgomery who's just getting full fledged, you know, runs and and even you know some pass catch. It's like now. <laughs> he's being a little it's the light is being shed lighter and i i just like how he looks man i i i, I always thought montgomery was a, was a good running back it's just that he's one of those guys that is as good as your line is and if your line is halfway decent he's gonna he's gonna chop some people up and we saw that the last three weeks he's been chopping it up so you know i like i like montgomery um he reached a thousand yards this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he reached a thousand yards. So, you know, I, he ain't no Matt Forte or or anything like that. But you know, he's he's still a nice back. But he needs touches, man. Like they, they don't. Touches. give him, He's he's one of those. He's one of those running backs that get stronger as the game goes on. They knew right. that and scouted him as that. And then you bring him in, and if he doesn't bust a forty-yard run in the first three carries. You're ready to go to Cordero Patterson and, and run sideways. Like one one thing about changing the, the play calling assignment is you do see a little more commitment to running uh, and sticking with it. So you know if you you do your first couple carries and, and you're only getting five yards off two carries, you're not going to abandon the run altogether. So that's one thing I'm saying that I like. Yeah, but yeah Montgomery's good, very good. Do uh. In the, I was also going to mention about the NFC, the AFC actually. Now the Browns, they're in jeopardy, right, of not making the playoffs. I believe so. Yeah, they're not. They're not officially in. So I'm trying to see who would they need to lose. Uh, let's see. I know they they need some teams to lose in order to uh, get in, but that was a terrible loss. Uh, they got to beat the Steelers in order to get in. And Which it's, every team lately is proving it's highly possible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's crazy because the reason why I'm intrigued with this particular game coming up is because it's the return of Mason Rudolph and. Uh, and, 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 and Miles Garrett. So, uh, you think you're going to see some helmets flying? No. 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 <laughs> you see Here's it. I ain't making that mistake again, huh? You're not going to see nothing. <laughs> and Rockies Burgers out there. Uh, Juju's on his best behavior because he right. started dancing on logos and teams were just knocking the snot out of him for three weeks. Right. Um, yeah, no, it, this this gonna be this game gonna be a pretty calm one. I mean, you might see some points, but you ain't gonna see no no tussles. Yeah, I agree. I agree, big time. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get to this next uh, topic. And uh, I don't know if you saw it. Me and Ian, we're gonna break down our top ten instrumental albums of 2020. Uh, Big question, Chris. You a big fan of instrumental albums? A, a, a little bit. 
Um, I know the Pete uh, Rock just dropped, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard some of it. You know, I, I, I listen to a little bit, but I don't. It's not on on constant playlist now. Okay. Yeah, but we were gonna get into that. Um, but I'm gonna wait on Ian uh, for that topic. But we'll skip to our next topic when it comes to uh, <laughs> the jersey. Oh, here he is, right here. I was about to because uh, Ian got an interesting story to tell us in regards to jerseys. What up, Ian? You back? Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that, man. You know how I go in these streets, man. Yeah, I, I, had, to fire, I had to fire. I had to fire bomb a dispensary, man. It was moving in on my territory. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you all right, man. I'm glad you all right. You came right on time, man. I was about to. I was about only. To... <laughs> you was about to what? I was no. I was about to skip down to to, to the to the '90s uh, era with the, with the jerseys, man. Uh, oh. But before we get into that real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on uh, the top 10 instrumental albums of the year. You got your list? Yes, yes, I got my list. I got my list. I'm going to go to this real quick. I know I know you pressed for time. Um, it was, To me, man, it was kind of a lackluster year for instrumentals, man. Um, real good year for hip hop, but kind of kind of lackluster for instrumentals. But I have 10. Um, at number 10, I got Knife Wonder with Zion 5. Once you get past the rapping tracks, it's it's a pretty decent listen. Um, at number nine, I have uh, a, a guy by the name of Monochrome. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The album is called Monochrome. The name of the artist is Clem. K L I M. Clem. Um, it's a kind of a short listen, but it's, it's some pretty solid stuff on there. At number eight, I have a compilation by Direct Control Records. They're they're a label on Bandcamp. It's called First Hit. It's pretty solid. Um, at number set, at number seven, I got more and DJ Vince. Um, more spelled M O A R. The name of their their beat CD is called the Beatmatics. Uh, Beatmatics. It's pretty like pretty that. good. I like that name. I like that name. Uh, pretty good boom bap stuff. Um, at number six, I don't know how to say his name. It's it, he's a German cat. It's called Krasinge Beats. K R I S E N G E. B-E-A-T, but he's got an album called Versatile Style uh, on Bandcamp. It's uh, it's great stuff, man. It's great stuff. Nice nice instrumentals, but also nice DJ scratching, too, which is uh, um, an underrated skill these days. And number five, I got Mad Lib with uh, Bandana Beats. Uh, the bandana, the, the instrumental version of Bandana that came out last year. And number four, I got a cat by the name of Quartz. Uh, K-U-A-R-T-Z. He did an album called MF Quartz, where it was basically like an homage to MF Doom. Very MF Doom sounding beats on here, but it's the stuff is fire. The stuff is fire. Right. Um, at, at number three, I got E. Jones with Deadstock Volume Four. Mm. Um, he always provides quality material. At number two, I got Dinner Party with their self-titled album. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed the Dinner Party album, man. Um, and then at number one, I got Peach the Minnows 3. Uh, no no surprise there. <laughs> I knew he was going to have that at number one. <laughs> but, uh, Absolutely. yeah, good good list, man. I'm going to check out that uh, that Beatmatics, though, man. I just down, I just downloaded so I'm going I'm to pop this in right after. It's good. Out. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Now I'll probably um, backtrack and listen to some of those. That's That wasn't on my list, too. 
Uh, for me, I got at number 10, I got uh, this producer named Doc Kim. It's called Sleep Tight, uh, pretty decent uh, instrumental. At number nine, I got The Colors That Rise, uh, Great Doubt. Um, it's actually, it's mostly instrumental. It's got a few like tracks on there, a couple of soul tracks on there, but it's, it's got a nice combination of uh, dark uh, beats and, and like smooth house tracks on there. So uh, it's, it's really good. Um, at number eight, I got Nubia Garcia, uh, Source. It's a jazz instrumental record. Excellent, excellent, excellent listen. I don't know if you checked it out yet, Ian, but man, I, I, I really love this one. It's a good, you want some good jazz instrumental, man. It's, it's a good one. Um, at number seven, I got Knowledge, 1988. At number good six. One. I forgot about that one. At, yeah, definitely. At number six, I got Cooking Soul, Kobe. I really enjoyed that uh, instrumental album. It was really, not a lot of really upbeat tracks on there. Uh, amazing. At number five, Ian, you'll be surprised, man. I got Ninth Wonder, Zion Five. I changed my mind on it. Originally, I did not appreciate it on first listen, but after like just bumping it in the shop and, and just really like taking it all in, man, and you get past the the rap tracks like he's like you said earlier. It's actually really good. It's really good. Um, I would rank it up there with a couple. I, I still think Zion 2 is my favorite. It's still my favorite one. I don't know if it's ever going to top Zion 2, but this one was probably going to come in at second or third if I had to rank his five uh, Zions. At number four, I got E. Jones, Dead Stock, Volume 4. Uh, very good listen. I got uh, at number... Three, I got Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Jazz is Dead too. At number two, I got Pete Rock, Peacemental Three. Man, hey Chris, I think you, man, I know you said you just started on it, man. It's a really good listen. It's one of those rare one uh, instrumental albums from Pete Rock where it's actually he actually added a lot of live instrumentation on this one, which made it sound so much more like. You know, it felt like you was live in a concert. And it's Pete Rock. He's got a band with him. He's just dropping all of these nice sounds and tunes. And he's, it's really nice. It's a really great listen, man. Real quick, real quick. I want to just interject. The best piece of metals in the series is the second one. I love the second one. I, I feel like people was hating on the second one, though. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, I felt like people was hating on the second one. The second one was really good. Um... And then at, at number one, I got this uh, producer named Tech Loon. It's called Known Pressure. No Pressure, I'm sorry. No Pressure. Man, this is like straight up, you know. It, it, he he has that K Tronada type style, but I think he do it better, man. And I hate, to, I hate to sound, you know, blasphemous when I say that, but man, dude is underrated, man. He He's a, he's from LA, cat from LA, but uh, and he, he's got a lot of, instrumental projects and uh i even did a famous rod the magnificent song on one of his tracks called i'm sleeping but that's another topic for another day he's better than k Trinata. man dude i just really love his production and it's it's really you know i feel like k Trinata's k Trinata's a beast don't get me wrong but sometimes you you know a k Trinata beat when you hear 
With Tekken, you, you never know where he, which direction he's gonna go. He can hit you with a nice boom bap album, and then he can hit you with a nice house music album, which is what this is. It's mainly like a house music album, and it's it's amazing. I, I was blown away on first listen. Haven't bought, stopped playing it since. It's got some bangers on there, but that's you know, and, and I, it's out of the, all the instrumental albums that I've been listening to, that's the one I've been bumping the most. That's the only reason why I got Pete Rock at number two, because it's like it did come out a little late in the year and I wanted to put it at number one. But I'm like, man, I was really bumping that that tech moon a little bit more. So that's my top 10. So, gentlemen, forward those lists to me and uh, I have some some time to invest in the next few days. We'll do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you hear the knife wonder yet, Chris? I I heard parts of it. Like I was just telling Rod, I'm I'm not overly into the instrumental stuff. I listened to a couple artists. Um, I did hop on. I know Rod got me hopping on the Katrina train about a year ago. Um, and occasionally I listen to Ninth Wonder and Pete Rock here and there. But you know, diving more into music. Obviously, we got the time. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah, hey, so Chris, Chris been mixing pretty well, man. Mix it. Hey, man, you been getting it in on the turntable. Things are, things are, things are brewing. <laughs> man, can't wait to hear more, man. Like you said, man, we got, we got time, man. We got time to hone our skills. I, I didn't got back into drawing again, so. That's nice. I was actually looking at uh, Danita's old yearbook, man. <laughs> And uh, saw some of your old, some of your old artwork. Oh yeah, man! I I, I got to flip through the yearbook myself and see what was up. I, I forgot some of the stuff I did, man. Like, um, but man, that was your handwriting was, was all over that, man. That was that stuff was amateur, man. That stuff was amateur because uh, they couldn't. I remember they couldn't print it in color, so, right? Um, it was still dope. Though. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really. I couldn't really get busy like I wanted to, but you know, it was it was a cool experience. Yeah, well, uh, that is there. You have it. That's our top ten instrumental albums of the year. Uh, I will reveal my top ten non hip hop albums in the next next season. <laughs> uh, we'll get into our because because I'm I'm anxious, man. I'm anxious to hear Ian's story, man. And we're gonna get right into our MVP stories and. Uh, we're going to be discussing the throwback Jersey era and its influence on our lives in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm going to let you take the floor on this one, man. Well, first, first, I want to get a floor to y'all. Like, like, I wanted y'all to share first what, what jerseys did y'all have back in the day? I'm going to let Chris have it since he's our special guest. So, so I didn't have a throwback throwback. Um... I rock, I rocked my Mike Vick jersey for quite some time. Um, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I remember the Mike Vick and, jersey. You were defiant. And, you were defiant with the with the, with, <laughs> with the Mike Vick jersey. The man, the man paid his debt to society. Um, also, in high school, I did, I did have a, a Deion Sanders jersey. So really? That, I mean, that's which one? That's which the, team? Which team? Yeah, which team? Atlanta. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the the black one, the black and, and red. Um, I did I did rock that in high school. I wasn't big into the throwbacks because man, throwbacks costed too much money, dog. It was because because yeah. it was it's so hot. 
like I wasn't finna put that much money into a throwback, and I didn't want like a, a, a you know, bootleg joint. So, you know, I, I was cool with the coach. I, I would rock it if I had it, but I was never overly into it because you know I, I've always been about spending my money wisely, and a throwback never just seemed like a great investment. Yeah, once rappers got a hold of them and blew them up, it, it was that was kind of dead. I, I, and not necessarily throwback jerseys is what I was wanted to discuss. More just jerseys, period. Like for for the sports fanatics, not for people who copped it to wear at the next skate party, but just. Oh, oh I, I had jerseys. I had jerseys on jerseys. Um, I had a, a Tomlinson. That was that was one of my favorites, man. Um, the the powder blue Charger jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Danny Tomlinson. And my favorite jersey, I lost. I I, uh, I hung out with one of my guys, uh, and we crashed at his crib and played ball that day. And when I changed clothes to go go kick it afterwards, I left my jersey at his house, and he ended up moving like to Louisiana, and the jersey went with him. Uh, it was a, a gold Jordan jersey. A I was gold, sick. A gold Jordan jersey. A gold Jordan jersey. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I get things starter came out with like gold versions of jerseys. So it was an Iverson. I remember that. Jordan, that was a Pippen. Um, and I, dude, I was sick for years over that jersey, not having it anymore. Wow, good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. stuff. Well, what about uh, you, I got a story. I got a story about a jersey too. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna come after what Ian got. Okay, well, you might be free. Well, full full disclosure, man. I never owned a throwback. Never owned a throwback jersey. Like I was in an era, era. I was in a space where I was like, you know, it was popularized in the hip hop culture, and I was like, when I, it was during my man, if it was mainstream or trash type thing, like kind of conversation we had on vibes and stuff. And it was just like, I I, I wasn't for it, man. I was in a different mind space. But I will say this. Uh, the first actual sports jersey uh, that I that I ever had was a, a Blackhawks jersey, <laughs> which is crazy. Like I wasn't even Man. into the Blackhawks. I wasn't even into the Blackhawks. But what you know, hockey hard- jerseys be kind of fire though. I was say hockey sweaters are dope, man. But you know what? That did, and that's the thing. I watched the old Fred. It was a Fresh Prince episode where he had on a hockey jersey. I was like, man, that's dope. So I went to go get me one. I went to go uh, buy a Blackhawks jersey. It was a Jeremy Ronit, and I was like, man, I'm. I was bumping it in high school. I was and people were digging it. Like I was just doing it to just be different, you know. Uh, just don't let hockey fans hear you call it a jersey. <laughs> Hey, I, I, it's I, technically I just, a sweater. It's a sweater. Because <laughs> yeah, it's got no, the long rip, sleeve. It's called a, it's called a sweater. Yeah, and hockey fans like some of them get irritated when you call it a jersey. Oh, they do. Yeah, I know that's just gonna make you do it, but yeah, it's a jersey. A sweater is knitted and intended to right. keep you warm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm going jersey. You know, it's a it's ho- cultural thing. Hockey is played on ice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, we just look at it differently, man. We just look at it differently. Yeah, no biggie. But yeah, I will say that, and then I kind of, you know, in the early two thousands, I'm like, hey, you know, I was cutting at, at Gordy's, and we used to have this cat, you know, come in with boxes of like jerseys, you know, basketball jerseys, throwbacks, football, and I was like, man, I'm doing anything the opposite of this jer- this throwback jersey thing. So I was like, I got, I'm gonna give me a football jersey. So I got a a Kurt Warner. Uh, 
the the gold when that when the Rams were wearing the gold and blue. I had the I bought the Kurt Warner and then you know I was rocking that. I, I think I rocked that thing so many times, man. It, it was ridiculous. But uh, other than that, man, I wasn't really into the into the whole throwback jersey era. So I don't have any stories of almost getting killed over one, but I'm sure you guys do. So I'm waiting to hear it. All right, all right. So for me, you know me, Rodney, man. I was I was a b boy back in the day. I didn't wear jerseys that often, but you know, on special occasions, I I, I whipped one out. But the first jerseys I remember having, um, Kevin Garnett, his Timberwolves jersey. Um, I, I had one of those. Kevin Kevin Garnett next to next to Michael Jordan and Lance Stevenson, like. Kevin Garnett is like my favorite basketball player, like ever, like hands down. So I had the I had the the blue Timberwolves twenty one. Um, my brother I had, had the a, same one. Did you? The blue Timberwolves, yeah. Yep. I was gonna get the Celtics one, but I was like kind of out of my jersey phase by then. Um, my brother had a black Pippen and a black Rodman, but they were both reversible. Do y'all remember the reversible joints? Yeah, I had one yeah, of those. Yeah, I remember the reversibles. He had those. He had a he had a Kenny Lofton Indians one. I'm sure you remember this, Chris. He and yeah. I'm, I'm 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 confident to this day he still has that jersey. Now I'm a, I'm gonna share a couple of stories <laughs> of some of his other jerseys. These are short stories, but they're from the '90s or early 2000s. So yeah, they get it, it, now yeah yeah they're, they're from the '90s. It, it, so it's gonna get a little crazy because. To our listeners, I know some of our younger listeners, y'all weren't really, you know, at a software age in the, in the 90s. So um, just know, man, we was reckless. But um, I, I'm glad we grew up and matured. <laughs> right. Definitely. But um, and I'm telling these stories for him because out of respect for theocratic arrangement for discipline, he cannot tell these stories himself. <laughs> so so my brother. My older brother, he had a um I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start with the, with the lighthearted one first. He had my my dad, when we I, I can't remember, I think we had just moved back from North Carolina when Michael Jordan was blowing up. But this was the period of time when this was before the NBA started selling official jerseys in the store. So my father had a tank top that had Bulls 23 on it. You know, like 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 it looked like a jersey, but the back of it was blank. And it, so it was just like a tank top he wore around the house. My brother decided to wear that to school as a as a freshman, thinking he was doing it. And he said he got to school and he thought he was doing it. He said he was like, hey man, where the rest of your jersey get? Where the back at? <laughs> And he said he got flamed. He got flamed and was like, never again. So after that, he, he didn't wear no more and decided to step his game up and get the official NBA slash champion jerseys that they that they started selling in the late 90s. So that's story one. <laughs> story two. He 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 had a he was he was stepping up his jersey game hard in the late 90s. So he had he had the Mariners joints. He had the White Sox joints. I remember he had a he had a orange White Sox jersey. I remember being orange. He said it was baby blue, but I don't remember the baby blue joint. Um, 
But anyway, he he had he had a baby blue white Sox jersey, I guess. And this this young sister in the congregation that he was dating. We're all teenagers at this point. This young sister in the congregation he was dating named. <laughs> I'll leave her name out of it. But she want she asked him to buy her the same jersey. So this fool gets on the bus and takes the bus to Roseland. To the heart of Roseland. I think it was a joint. It's still there on like 111th in Michigan. It sold jerseys to buy her this baby blue White Sox jersey. But mm-hmm. a homeboy of ours, uh, a shout out to Keith. He was in the congregation. He got wind. The old girl was telling people in the congregation, yeah, I got him wrapped. I got Jerry wrapped around my finger. I got, I, I'm finessing him for jerseys and this, this, and that. And Keith put in the words to my brother. I don't know how I got involved, but I somehow got involved because what happened was he called the chick on three-way. And this was back in the day when we had three-way. And he got the chick to say, with Jerry listening on the other line, to say, yeah, I'm finessing him out of jerseys. And, you know, the, the cat was out the bag, whatever. He was like, oh, word, okay. Not only is she not getting the jersey, I'm going to just wear it, and I'm a dumper. And the story goes, he, I was like only 13 at the time, but I remember him saying, I was telling him at the time, yeah, I told you not to be giving, buying these chicks crap, except I didn't say the word chicks, and I didn't say the word crap. And, you know, I probably, you know, 13-year-old me probably said it, you know. But, um, you know, it was a lesson learned. It was a lesson learned. Don't be buying be out here buying chicks jerseys when you don't know the full scoop. Exactly. So, you know, no harm, no foul. Now, this, this last story, he had a, I can't remember if it was a gray, I want to say it was a gray Mariners jersey. It was a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey, and he had the matching Mariners hats. To match and this dude there was we were in high school he was a senior i was a freshman there was this dude that my brother used to kind of punk a lot in my class um name name dude was he was one of those really sloppy you know dudes and like my brother probably wouldn't have messed with him so much had dude just stayed in his lane he was one of those sloppy dudes that tried to be cool and just would get too familiar joking with you and you would have to punch him in the jaw, you know, every, every once once a week, you know, to check him. Like, dude, stay in your place. He had one of them weird, he stank. He had one of them weird, like, Eddie Monster uh, hairlines <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the widow's peak in the front. And, you know, he would, he would get too familiar with cats. And we, back then, we would... We would we would store when we would change for gym, we would store our stuff in the in the locker room. But very rarely did people spring the, to pay the money to get a second lock. Because they used to make us pay, if you recall in high school, I don't know how it was in yours. We used to have to pay money for our to get our locks for our regular lockers. So a lot of people didn't really pay money to get a second locker for their gym locker. So we would just kind of leave our lockers unlocked. And right. homie found out where Jerry's stuff was, stole his Mariners jersey and I believe his hat, his matching hat, and was like bragging about it. My brother approached him. It was after school, and um, I'm I'm at the exit of the school, you know, just waiting for I don't know if I was waiting for our parents to pick us up or what. And I, I remember looking in the building and seeing. 
stumbling to the bathroom, bleeding profusely from the face. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm like, huh, what happened to him? <laughs> and then dude had an older brother who was in the same grade as my as my brother. So normal protocol is now the older brother has to fight him and 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 you know avenge the family name. Dude comes running out to me. He was, you know, he had a little sugar in his tank. He comes running up in, to me. I'm thinking, I'm okay, I'm gonna have to square off with this dude. I'm gonna have to punch him in the jaw. Where's your brother at? Where's your brother at? He hit he hit my brother. I was like, man, I don't know where he at. I'm like, do we got business? You know? <laughs> so he 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 can't find my brother, so he runs off. I, I forgot who came up and told me, but they're like, yeah, man, your brother, your brother had to touch up, man. He, I'm like, well, what'd he do? He was like, man, he stole his Mariners jersey, wouldn't give it back. Then he took the hat and threw it on top of the school roof. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I see what happened. And and like at some point, the boys, the boys' brother did catch up with my brother, and and he walked up to him. He was like, just tell me you're not gonna hit him again. Just tell me you're not gonna hit him again. And my brother was like, man, I hit him whenever I feel like it. He stole from me, man. It's like, he lucky that's all he got. <laughs> right, exactly. But um, that he got suspended for like a day maybe for that. But like, that, that was pretty much it, man. That was pretty much it. Wow. But yeah, man. My, my brother used to have to tune cats up back in the day, man. <laughs> I heard, I heard, I heard stories. <laughs> all right, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, man, that's what that's what it was, man. And I know it sounds crazy now because you know we, we're living in an age of no bullying and all of that. But like, you know, that's that's how we had to get down. We weren't violent, you know. But I'm we, fully aware. We, we you had to be as violent as your environment allowed you to be, or as non-violent as your environment allowed you to be. You know, you didn't go around looking for fights, but you might have had to finish something. Exactly. My story does not top those. Um, it's, it's actually real quick. It's, it's a goofy story. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm i working at Four City Mall. And there's, you know, Four City Mall, there's three champs and four footlockers. Uh, so walking through the mall, like, you know, I'm going to copy me a couple jerseys. Just got paid. So this was 03. Actually, no, I wasn't I wasn't working at the mall. It was after I was working at the mall. I had a better job at this point. So this is 03. So I'm going there. And they this is the year LeBron got drafted. Wasn't a huge fan of LeBron, but I was like, you know what? Number one pick. Let me go grab this cat jersey. So I go to Foot Locker. All sold out of LeBron jerseys, right? But I want two jerseys. I'm gonna you know. So well give me Carmelo and D Wade. D Wade at the time, I was kind of a fan from the shot. It's like, well, we out of way too. You know, he's from the shot. We out. I'm like, okay. So give me the Carmelo and uh, give me that Pistons jersey. The number two pick. The dark Darko. Militant? Yes. Oh. Whoa. So, so I'm rocking the Darko jersey, right? And obviously he turns out to be a bum. So now <laughs> I have a, I, I have a cross section of, of friends who will never live me. Let me live it down that I rocked the dark pictures and I used to go to the gym and hoop it. So I was like, so dude was a bum, so why not sweat the jersey up, right? But no, you couldn't even in Chicago, man, you can't even hoop in a white jersey. You know what I'm saying? So I, to this day, I still have to deal with residual effects 
of purchasing a Darko jersey and not walking out of Foot Locker with a LeBron or D Wade. And on top of that, it was a piece you, you kind of deserve that though, Chris. Like, like no, I, I, I don't know I, anyone who bought a Darko jersey. And and I, you know, you know me. I, I like I like to be different and do stuff that ain't nobody else doing. Sometimes you have to pay for it. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet for trying to be the trailblazer. <laughs> wow. wow. So yeah, I mean, I I, I take it, but you know, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I'm hurt by you. I'm hurt by you. I mean, look. Darko. Wow. I didn't know they even know they made jerseys for him. They did, and and I think they sent all of them but one back, and that one they sold to me. They wow. probably You probably can come across one at a thrift store. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I, I do, I'm going to make a COVID mask out of it. I need to go look in my basement and see if it's still there. Like, I'm, it might be in stores. Or it might be at DD's Dee discount or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so the, jer- the jersey fad, the jersey fad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's over, man. I'm, I'm kind of glad that's over. Like, I, I like, I, and honestly, like, I'm, I'm all for the, the sleeved jerseys. It's a cleaner, it's just a cleaner look, you know. Like your armpits ain't out, you know. You still get to rep your favorite team. I, I'm feeling the sleeve jerseys. Yeah, for, for, for fashion thing, yeah, I, I rock with that. Um, I'm at the point in my life too where I don't think. A grown man should wear a jersey in fashion. If you're going to a game, it's allowed, you know what I'm saying? Or even like a sports theme party or something like that, yeah. But outside of that, you should be rocking jerseys. Oh, real quick, did did you all ever get any static for any baseball caps? I didn't get yes. into wearing I didn't get into wearing baseball caps until now. Like I didn't I didn't rock. I was a headband guy. I was more of a headband guy. I, I, was, I, I, was, I, like, following, I was following Nelly's footsteps with the, with the headbands, even though I hated the music. I, I was loving the, the fashion in regards to the headbands. So, yeah. Shout out to all headbands. And, and I started falling in love with NBA like players that wore headbands because they was always cold, you know? And, like, you wore a headband, man. He was cold. He was like Bonzi Well, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ian, Ian, you you know me. I, I've always I've always been a, a hat guy. So I, w- I was coming home from a uh, Southside school that's that's was notoriously full of stones, as Kanye says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had this. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day when the Buzz Bunny apparel was out. So they had the Buzz Bunny hats, and ah, Buzz Bunny he had the he had the hat on. So it's a, it a Buzz Bunny logo. He had on a hat and an earring, and it was on the front of my hat. So, and these was cats from my hood, but it was one cat who didn't know me. So he's like, "Hey, hey, take off the hat. Let me look at it." I was like, "I'm like, what? Take off the hat. Let me look at it." So a couple of his other guys rolled up. So I was like, "You know what? Let me take off this hat." So, <laughs> so I, I give him the hat. He look at. It, he's like, oh, "Okay, you straight," because the earring was in the left ear. So he's like, oh, you straight, you straight. And I'm like, did you really finna start something over what Buzz Bunny earring was? Are we, are yeah, cast is tripping over what side the cartoon had the earring Are you I'm kidding like, me? Dude, I mean, I was like, are we really on that? We we really doing this? Because I, I probably, like, know your big brother or something. He was like, yeah, yeah, where you stay, where you stay. So, you know, I told him, you know, while I was staying and everything. So, oh, okay, 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 I got people's over there. So he, he tried to play it down when I made him look kind of stupid. But, you know, it's like, dude. 
and 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 I caught that's the only real static I caught for a hat. Other than that, I, being being from the environment we came up in, you just were careful about what you wore and where you wore it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, no, no, uh, no late '90s Astros hats. Um, no Tigers ooh. hats. Oh, you couldn't wear the Tigers hat? No, no, I had the D on it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It had D on it. I had an Indians hat. I had a um nothing Duke Blue Devils. I had a um I had Indians and I had I had red socks. In fact, I still got those hats. And of course, white socks. But <clears throat> certain teams were a little bit more risky than others. Like man, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. University. They had <laughs> Indiana. IU. Man, we knew this. We knew this one cat. We knew this one cat in grammar school. This dude was like a seventh, eighth grader, getting jumped every day because he had a he had an Indiana University uh, jacket with the big old print on the back, right? With big uh, IU on the back for the pitchforks. This dude decides to take the jacket and turn it inside out, but the jacket on the on the reversible side just had miniature IU's all over it. So instead of one big one. So he he thought he could he could pass with that. Four corner hustler jumped out of a tree and stuck him in the jaw. <laughs> First of all, why is he in a tree? <laughs> it was the nineties, man. It was the nineties. You had to you caught cats slipping by jumping out of trees on them. But the, the I mean, what are you doing? Was, what are you doing in the tree the whole time waiting on whoever you about to stick? Funny thing was, dude was from the homie was from the west side. So like, so like, it, he came from a vice lord neighborhood. So I'm like, man, ain't nobody hipped him to the fact that you can't wear that coat. But yeah, man, he took he took a lot of beatings for that. And, you know, uh, some dudes get a pass depending on what, you know who they who they know who they related to. Right, who they who they might know or whatever. And he was a he wasn't a gang banger kid. He was a real brainy kid. So you know maybe they knew that about him or whatever. But um, but yeah, man, yeah, it, it was it was <laughs> it was like that because we had. It was like it was it was four corner hustlers on like 123rd and Emerald and then South and then you had Stones and all in Cal Park and then you had GDs all around that area, like surrounding that area. Like everything from like north of 123rd Street was GDs. So, you know, you, you had a lot of run-ins, man. I was so glad when I started driving. I could have the freedom to wear what I wanted to wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, man, and and be thankful you had no you had no knucklehead brothers, man. That, <laughs> that might have got you with some stuff because I just knew I was gonna have to fight that dude. I'm like, okay, he can't get to my brother, so he gonna get to me. I know how it goes. Like, let me let me let me let me tune this cat up real quick. Cause he was taller than me, but I, I knew I could take him. Wow. Yeah, those some nice stories, man. That's some nice stories. I, I, I apologize to MVP fans that I didn't have anything as good as those, but I'm these sorry. are cultural differences, Rodney. They might not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I've had some interesting experiences with it. not in in regards to this topic, but definitely, man, that's <laughs> jumping out of trees. I can't get over that. I can't get over that one at all. <laughs> I'm gonna lay on this branch. That fool come. Because they knew what time he was getting off the bus. That was the other thing. They knew what time he was getting off the bus. They was like, man, I'm gonna hide up in this tree. And, hey, was uh, they doing backwards flips off the tree into the street before they run towards him? 
<laughs> no, like okay. they, it it was just it was just I'm jumping out this tree fist first and I'm landing <laughs> on this jump. Oh, so they coming in like the Powerpuff Girls with the fist pumping <laughs> in the air. Yep. <laughs> yep. Knocked him clean. He didn't knock him out, but he definitely knocked him down. Oh man, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Jumping out of trees, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we got some awards to give out before we run out of time. S is a Otis Award. I'm about to take, I'll, I'll do the honors. I'll do the honors. Uh, Paul George. Paul George, here's the thing. I, I understand where you guys were coming from earlier in the show when you were talking about, yeah, we shouldn't worry about the Clippers losing by 50 and everything. But here's my take on it. It makes you look worse when you go on a podcast and you talk trash about how, oh, Doc Rivers wasn't using me right. See, he was trying to use me like Ray Allen in 2013. No. And, and, And you come out and you just wet the bed against a team that gave you problems in the playoffs last year. Honestly, honestly, you know, I felt like Dallas, man, they, they were like one player away from eliminating the Clippers last year. Before, yeah, we, they I, were. They I, Dallas was giving them fits last year, and so you, you know, yeah, I know Kawhi Leonard didn't play, but bro, Paul, you, I, I, I need, I, I don't, I don't want to see no fifty point losses on your record, man. Like, if you gonna talk trash on a podcast, you better back it up, and I can't let him off the hook for that. I know it's early. I ain't saying the Clippers ain't going to make the playoffs, none of that stuff. I'm not overreacting to the fact that as the, with the Clippers as a team, I'm just, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you, you, nobody's coming to see you anymore, Paul, until you win a championship at this point. It's championship of us for him. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Paul. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. Nothing. I agree. Uh, Cuddy Award goes to the Dallas Mavericks um, for the same reason. <laughs> for the same reason. Hey man, I'm sorry. I'm not letting that go, man. Like, man, I, I'm like, is this for real? 62 to 18, and we halfway through the second. Like, it wasn't even halfway through the second quarter yet. 62 to 18. I'm like, that's not. I mean, they. <laughs> It was like when the Dream Team played Angola. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Angola is, but Angola in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, they, uh, it was like, he, they outshine Cuddy. Like, Cuddy put the gun to the mouth, but <laughs> like, the, the Mavericks opened the mouth and just put the gun even further in, stuck it even further <laughs> in. It was just like, Man, and then they walked off like you like you like it is personal. <laughs> See you in the playoffs, Santa Claus. <laughs> See you in the playoffs, Santa Claus. <laughs> oh man, y'all got a Cuddy Award? That was my Cuddy Award. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, do you play? Just Honorable like- mention James Harden though. <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> Wait, hey, he, he just in practice just, just chucking chairs in basketball. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I wanted to mention that on the show. Thank you, Chris, for uh, giving us that cutty moment by uh, James Hart. 
And uh, shout out to, to Daryl Morey with his tampering uh, violations too. It's, that's pretty funny too as well. Uh, you played yourself award. I uh, go ahead, man, because I got the same. I, I got Paul George, but go ahead. If y'all got, I got the same, man. I, I really, I really, you, 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 you three for you know, you three and zero right now, man. With the awards, I, I got nothing to add. Uh, milk carton award. My milk carton award goes to the Washington Wizards, man. Like, man, uh, I didn't expect yeah, the zero and four start to the season. They lost to the Bulls last night too. Uh, and pretty, I mean, the Bulls kind of put a nice little beat down on them last night, too. So, I don't know what's going on with the Wizards, man. They trash. That's what's going on with them right now. I, um, <laughs> I got, I got the, uh, I got the, the Golden State Warriors bench. Like, the other day, man, they, they I'm listening to the game, and they're like, yeah, Motor for three. I'm like, Motor? Who is Motor? <laughs> I think I heard. I think I also heard uh, Ray for three. I was like, "Man, Ian playing?" <laughs> right. You might as well. You might as well let me suit up. <laughs> Javon Hill with the layup. Win for three. <laughs> Rodney work walking with the with the alley oop. Make them more with the reverse jam. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh man, he's got he's got a lot of potential, man. They're playing. They're playing. Uh, you know. Crunch time minutes, but man, this is—he's gonna—he's got a lot of promise. That win kid has had a lot of injuries, but <laughs> <laughs> that Justin Bridges his court, just his court vision league. isn't his court vision is insane. Can't disagree with Wins this guy. Curry. <laughs> hey, Motor, um, who is Motor? My milk carton award goes to the uh, to Arizona Cardinals. I need oh. y'all to win a game. Here and there, so the Bears don't make the playoffs. Dude, the the, the the I don't know, man. The Arizona Cardinals are choking like crazy right now. I I hope they choke one more time. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, man. It's it's looking grim. I'm, I don't know when. I I don't end on having going to playoffs, but when I don't know. The Cardinals are really wet in the bed right now, man. And it's funny because. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, did you see the uh, little? Uh, was it no Kittle? Kittle, I'm sorry, Kittle from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. His press conference. I'm sure yeah, it made it made every Bears fan on earth cringe. Some some laughed at it, but <laughs> they asked. So it's like, hey, uh, you know, you guys eliminated the the Arizona Cardinals' chances of making the playoffs. He was like, yeah, because I'm a Bears fan. Go Bears! <laughs> hey, hey, gentlemen, I, I gotta bow out, man. I gotta get back to doing some work. I, I got some stuff popping off. I gotta send to. But uh, in, in closing, man, just want to shout out everybody dealing with COVID. Shout out to all our listeners for the continued support. Also, um, also, it's a shame what happened to Spencer Dewitt. That was my last one for this. It's a shame. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. COVID. COVID. We'll get. We'll get through this, man. COVID has brought out the best in some friends, and it's brought out the worst in some friends. You know, and it's brought out the craziness too. So, um, but I got. I do have to bow out, fellas. Um, Same here. Same here too. Before you bow in, I got one more. It's a shame award. It's a shame what happened in 2020. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and do rest in peace to Joe Clark. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. 
They taking him. He taking him out. Twenty twenty going down swinging. Yes. All, All right, right y'all. But that that was it, man. Y'all be good to each other out there. All right, y'all. We sure. out. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you guys. Peace. You don't answer questions. You don't talk to the media, whatever. Understand what the media is. The media is a conduit to assist the NBA and its players in promoting its brand. That way it facilitates you generating more revenue so guys like Kyrie can get paid. 33.4 million this year, 35 million next season, and then a player option to play it, to pay him 36.6 million in 22-23, even though you fresh over playing 20 games last season, okay? The bottom line is this, but I think he's immature. I think that he's occasionally selfish. And I think at, at this particular moment in time, he comes off as a, as a snob. He thinks people are beneath him and he's above it. He looks at the media as being inauthentic. That's what he thinks about the media. You know, everything that has happened to Kyrie Irving, that Kyrie Irving has self-inflicted, go back and look at the tapes. It's always the media, always. You got something to say about LeBron? It's the media. You got something to say about your time in Boston? It's the media. You got something to say about wanting to move on? It's the media. You're in Brooklyn. Nobody has thought about you since the spring. You haven't played. The, team, the, the season was halted. You wasn't playing before then. You had shoulder surgery. You come in and then you're not even participating in the bubble because you're recuperating from your right shoulder. And still, you wanted to sit up there and implement yourself in the proceedings by talking about how the game should not be played. You weren't playing anyway while collecting 33 million. But you had something to say. And then when people responded, it's the media. You go on Kevin Durant's podcast and literally state that you know what? I mean, you, you, you're the first guy that I looked at and I said, hey, I, I trust you to make the last shot. And the media made up that LeBron might have a problem with that. And you was taking the shot at, at, at LeBron. And you go on social media and literally state, hey, well, you know what? If I had something to say about him, I would say their name. Like, how dare us connect the dots and say one plus one equals two. You won a championship with a brother in 2016. Far be it for us to come to the conclusion that, oh my God, you might have been talking about LeBron. Who else did you play with? Jason Tatum? Jalen Brown? That's who you were talking about? Not LeBron, who you won a chip with? Who happens to be the greatest player in the world for the past decade?
shit. Hold on right there. Thank you. Just doing my job. Just doing my job. <laughs> <laughs>